All right, would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we're thankful for every man and woman and kid in this room. We're thankful for this room, the freedom to meet and the freedom to have this time together, which is just so special, that Christmas comes and that your people can gather together and celebrate in a special way and invite friends into it and invite neighbors. Thank you. Would you bless this time that we now have together, these brief moments? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't it great? Whoa. That's okay. We're good. There are a lot of buttons back there. Hey, you guys, it's so good to be here together. I just have some quick thoughts that I want to share with you about the scriptures we've just read. But I want to start by asking, especially the kids in the room, have you guys seen The Muppet Christmas Carol? Has anybody seen that movie? We have it at our house. You have it at your house. Okay, we may have to go to your house later and watch it. Uh, My family got to see it on the big screen last week. Any of the grown-ups seeing The Muppet Christmas Carol? Okay, this is the one with Michael Caine, right? Like just acting his heart out as Ebenezer Scrooge and his co-conspirators in this are Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy, Fozzie the Bear. It's awesome. I hadn't seen it in forever and it's great. And it got me thinking about how amazing it is that in 1843, Charles Dickens, who had his back up against the wall, was deeply in debt, wrote that story to help his family, to make some money, but that has become part of what our culture looks to at Christmas time. And that story is the story of redemption. It's a story of transformation. And what's the name of the guy that has all this stuff happen to him, and then he's changed, and he's different by the end? Kids, you know his name? What's the main character's name? Ebenezer Scrooge. You didn't say that very grossly. Can we say it like Scrooge? Can we say that together? Ebenezer Scrooge. Ugh, nobody likes Scrooge, right? Scrooge is going to teach us three things this morning. Three very quick things. He teaches us that we're broken. He teaches us that we need a heart transplant. And Scrooge teaches us that we need help to keep going in a new direction. So let's talk about how we know that we're broken from Scrooge. Listen to this. This is how Dickens describes Scrooge. And yes, I'm quoting uh, Gonzo the Great because he reads this in The Muppet Christmas Carol. He says this about Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge was a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint, from which no steel had ever struck out generous fire, secret, self-contained, as solitary as an oyster. May that never be said of anybody in the room. (laughs) Like, may your friends and family never describe you that way. Isn't that terrible? But it's who Scrooge is. It's how he begins the story. And as we go through the story of A Christmas Carol, we learn why he's this way. We see a glimpse into his childhood. We see kind of the present and how he's withdrawn from community. And Scrooge has given himself to something. He's given away his life for the pursuit of something. In his case, it's wealth, but really what it is is it's power. It's control. He wants to be able to do what he wants to do every day. And for many of us, there's, there's another thing like that. Maybe it's not wealth. Maybe it's not having piles of money. If you're like me, maybe it's something like acceptance, like having people like you. That's the thing that can drive you in kind of an insidious way. For parents, it's safety a lot of the time keeping our kids safe, making sure we're safe, that our homes are safe. If you're in business, it's growing your business, that thing that can quickly take control of you, even though you don't want it to, even though you don't intend it to. For kids, it can be school and grades. Whatever it may be, it is a place where that broken piece of us comes to light, and we can't do anything about it. But the wonderful thing about our scriptures, and the witness of all the scriptures, but especially today at Christmas, is that there is one thing that we can give our life to that won't kill us. 
There's one thing we can give our life to that won't crush us, and that is the one who was born on Christmas, Jesus Christ. And it's in that freedom that he provides that we can thrive, that like we just sang, in his presence, we find our strength. So Mary and Joseph knew about brokenness, right? They were living in this time when their pregnancy would have been a big scandal. They didn't know what to do. All the people of God understood this concept of brokenness, but in our day, it's really hard to come by. And we get it. And I think we need to be able to just say to one another, that's kind of a relief to hear that we're all broken. So turn to your neighbor and say, that's a relief. It's a relief. That is a relief. It's a relief to know, hey, by the way, we got a bunch of kids in here. It's okay that there's screaming and chaos and running around. This makes me feel at home, actually, so it's totally cool. Like, these are the waters I swim in, right? If someone wants to throw some dirt around, like, that would make it even feel more like our house. It's crazy right now. We are broken, and that's okay. It's a relief to be able to say that. We need a heart transplant. That's something that we learned from Ebenezer Scrooge. Hey, kids, help me out with this. Who comes to visit Ebenezer Scrooge? Three, three Seahawks, right? No, it's not the Seahawks. Who comes to visit Ebenezer Scrooge? Is it the three amigos? No? That's an old throwback reference. It's the three wise men, right? Three wise men. That's who comes to visit Scrooge. Does anybody know? Okay, three ghosts. I heard it over there. Okay, so who can name the ghosts with me, okay? Grown-ups, you can help me with this. There's the ghost of Christmas. There's the ghost of Christmas. And then the ghost of Christmas future, or as Dickens put it, Christmas yet to come. Very Victorian way of describing that, right? What does Scrooge learn from each of those ghosts? He learns that he is broken, and he learns that his past is really painful. He learns that he's missing out in his present, and he sees that his future is really dark. Like, that's the darkest part of the whole story. And it leads to his heart being transformed. At the very end, the most glorious thing happens. Ebenezer Scrooge's heart literally melts, and he becomes a new person. And I'm oversimplifying. There's a lot that goes on to this, but I want us to think about this for just a sec. What allows us to get a new heart? What allows us to have that kind of transformation? It wasn't because Scrooge deserved it. It wasn't because Scrooge studied and tried to figure out, huh, what's wrong with me? As the case would show, he's not a very self-reflective person until a ghost forces him to be. What happens to him is he's caught up in a sense of awe. He's caught up in the wonder, in his case, of Christmas. And that happens to us when we get caught up in something that just blows our senses. And even though I know it's the morning and even though it's chaotic, this service, one of the things I love about Christmas Eve every year, is it is a chance to be in awe and wonder together. Isn't that a great part of what we get to do at Christmas time? We get to celebrate, we get to see our world lit up. In just a moment when we do the candles, that's one of my favorite parts of the Christmas Eve service. Because as the candles are raised, as, I, as we all see the light coming together, it's a powerful moment. It's a moment of awe and wonder. The gospel, in its essence, is a way for us to be drawn into the awe and wonder of God who loves us and who will not let us go. And that's the most powerful thing that we can find, and that's where our heart transplant comes from. So we've learned that we're broken, we learned we need a heart transplant, and we need help to keep going in the right direction. Scrooge is transformed. He comes through this time with the ghosts, and he's got a new heart. He's excited. You know, he runs out into the street. He's buying the Christmas goose. He's going to go do all this great stuff. And it makes me think of all the different moments that many of us have seen where we've had someone in our lives healed from sickness and they've got a new lease on life. Or if you're familiar with addiction and someone finally steps into sobriety and they're off and they're running and you're cheering for them, and then it's Tuesday. 
And what do you do on Tuesday? What do you do when this new heart kind of becomes normal? Like, what does the normal pattern need to look like now? Scrooge has redirected his life, but what happens when Scrooge gets discouraged? What happens when Scrooge misses a step and he starts to fail a little bit? We need more. And the case I want to make is that we need two different gifts. We need the gift that we celebrate at Christmas, that everybody's familiar with to a degree at Christmas, the gift of the baby born in the manger. We need a real life, a real relationship with Christ. I was reading uh, Romans 8 this week, and this passage just grabbed me and brought me to my attention. Listen to this. This is Romans 8 from the message. Paul has been talking about all the things that can get in our way, all the things that can trip us up. And for us, we can put in financial hardship. We can put in struggling at school. We can put in fighting with our siblings, whatever it is. Here's what Paul writes at the end of Romans chapter 8. None of this, none of these things phase us because Jesus loves us. That's a great sentence. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because we're such great people. No. Because we've earned it. No. Because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. Think about it, you guys. At Christmas, how did Jesus embrace us? He came to be one of us. He came as a helpless baby. He came as helpless as my little daughter sitting over here or any of the babies in the room. That's how God came to be with us, by becoming helpless. And he did it at the end of his life, too. He went to the cross and was helpless, in a sense. He could have called down legions of angels, but he chose not to because in his helplessness, we found our freedom. So we need to receive that gift because of the way he has embraced us, because of the incarnation, him coming to be with us. And the second thing we have to embrace, we actually see in the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. When Scrooge's transformation is complete, when he's gone through all this stuff with the three ghosts, where does he go? Do you remember where the story ends? He goes to dinner with Bob Cratchit's family. Remember this? Who's Bob Cratchit? Bob Cratchit is his only employee. He's the only person that Scrooge sees every day. And to be fair, Scrooge treats Bob Cratchit like dirt, like just kind of kicks him around. But Scrooge shows up at the Cratchit's home, and this is in the movie. In the book, it ends a little bit differently. And he's welcome into Bob's family. In a lot of ways, Bob is kind of the Christ figure of the Christmas Carol. He shows grace upon grace to his cruel boss, and then he welcomes him in, and he gives him a place to belong. So we receive that gift of Jesus Christ. We also need to receive the gift of this, of looking around at one another and saying, this is the community that allows us to keep moving forward in the ways that we desire. This is where the Holy Spirit's work is really played out in a powerful way by being together. And I just want to say this. If you aren't already part of a church community, and I know a lot of you are because I see a lot of you often, I'd love for you to be a part of our community. I'd love for you to experience the encouragement and the joy that so many of us have found here at Bethany. Love for you to be a part of that week in and week out. Because that's where we experience the Holy Spirit's power. That's where we experience encouragement. That's where things really start to change. And if we've had a heart transplant and we want to keep moving in the right direction, we can't do it alone. So I hold that out for us to consider together. And I want to finish this very short part of our message tonight by sharing something from Ebenezer Scrooge appropriately. This is how Scrooge reflected on his transformation. Listen to this. Scrooge said, men's courses will foreshadow certain ends, to which, if persevered in, they must lead. But if the courses be departed from, 
the ends will change. Do you want your ends to change in 2018? Do you want your ends to change today? As you go see family, as you go step into some relationships that might be messy, as you go back to work, as you face the health crisis that you have in front of you. We know the one who brings the change that actually sticks. And it's the one from whom we receive the greatest gift of love, and we receive it in a powerful way at Christmas. Would you join me as we pray again? Gracious God, thank you for this brief time where we could look at your scriptures, where we could see the way that we can relate to these ideas of brokenness and of freedom, the costliness of your sacrifice for us. And so we ask now that as we continue in our worship, that you would allow us to step into this beautiful time together. Help us continue on the journey you have for us. We ask in the name of Christ.